The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone, and welcome. We're very grateful that you have chosen to join us today. And just to be sure that you're in the right place at the right time, you are tuned to The Open Door. This is the Internet Voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Good day, Terry. Well, <laughs> likewise to you, Tom. Thank you, and a good day to all of you listening to us today. You know, every week it is our aim to bring you wisdom and insight from the Ascended Masters on who we are, why we're here, where we're going, and how we can get there. Well, it's all order, perhaps, yeah. but we've all got to understand that we're here for a reason. Our birth is no accident. Our life situation and circumstances are no accident either. Yeah, that's right. There's something that each of us is here to do, and that is the focus of our program today. And because all life is purposeful, all life is precious. Every single life stream waiting to be born has a divine plan and purpose. Every one. Every one, which of course behooves us to respect all life, because all of life, without exception, comes from God. And that's a gift we must use to the fullest. You know, on that note, Terry, are you ready to jump into the fray once more? As ready <laughs> as I'll ever be, Tom. Oh, well, that's good, because <laughs> today, as usual, we've chosen to focus on a topic that could be vital to the survival of our planet. And here's a hint. We were just talking about it. Oh, goody. Something light, I suspect. <laughs> well, that's actually a very appropriate commentary because our burden is light, capital L. And bearing that burden well is perhaps why we're all here. Which, not coincidentally, leads us neatly <laughs> to today's focus. Awakening to life's purpose. See, I got your hint. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> so, why are we here? As we alluded to at the top of today's show, this topic is really central to all we do here on The Open Door. Well, that's right. Our program is built around what we have called the four essential questions, namely, who am I, why am I here, where am I going, and how do I get there? Yeah, and as we've said, these are questions that we endeavor to answer each and every week here on The Open Door from the Ascended Master perspective. Now, today's focus, Awakening to Life's Purpose, really spans both the question of who we are and the question of why we're here. And why do we continuously focus on these essential questions? Because each of us is a unique expression of God, and each of us is here for a special purpose. All of us have a cosmic purpose and a divine plan, and it is our life's aim to fulfill this purpose and plan. Yeah, and of course, if we don't know what it is, how can we fulfill it? Well, this can be a very vexing question, to say the least. Well, it certainly can be. So let's begin with a broad overview and see if we can't shed some light on who we are and why we're here. First of all, as we just pointed out, 
every soul has a profound opportunity to fulfill an extraordinary purpose. And that is to complete her journey back to the heart of God from whence she came. You know, l- let me interrupt you for a moment there, Terry, for okay. a quick clarification. Uh, I'd like to point out here that we generally refer to the soul in the feminine. For example, you just hear, heard Terry refer to the soul's journey as her journey. So just to be clear, whenever we speak of the soul, we'll refer to her in the feminine, much the same way that we refer to the beingness of spirit in the masculine, referring to God, for example, as he and him. Uh, you finished? <laughs> yep, all done. Please carry on. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> okay. okay, now to generally answer the question of who we are, uh, we can say that we are souls desiring to return to the high point of consciousness from whence we originally came. Again, home to the heart of God. Yeah, and how did we stray in the first place? Free will. <laughs> That's right. To understand the spiritual path, it is essential to begin at the beginning, to realize that originally we were all light and dwelled in a, co- in a spirit cosmos. We asked God for the gift of free will, and he granted our request. Yeah, and as a result, we came to the reaches of a material universe. We gradually became enmeshed in denser and denser spheres until we found ourselves embodied on this small planet somewhere out in left field, far away from our spiritual home. You see, free will is God's gift to man for Uh self-determination. It allows us to create, to be, as we so often say, co-creators with God and with one another. And we can use the divine light and energy flowing to us in whatever way we choose. We can fulfill our desires for good or ill. We can change things. Every single day and moment in everything we do, we are exercising our free will. So free will is the pivot of existence and true being. It is, yeah. God understands that we will come in contact (laughs) with all things in this world. Yeah. We will learn our lessons, pass some of our tests, and not necessarily all of them, Mm -hmm. overcome some temptations and not necessarily others. (laughs) The fruit of all these experiences is our self-mastery and a greater and greater love that intensifies within us as we gradually are liberated from the lower self and reunited with our higher self. Uh, People sometimes think in terms of predestination and destiny. Mm -hmm. But in reality, we determine the outcome of our fate every day by our free will, by our free will choices Mm -hmm. and what we do with our circumstances. And circumstances is another word for karma. Uh, Uh, But more on that later. Yeah, more on that later for sure. But (laughs) now, as we work our way back to God, our path includes the need to recognize and fulfill our cosmic or divine plan. Now, what exactly is this plan? It is unique to each of us, but our talents and interests can often give us clues because it is through our unique talents and gifts that we can take our place in the world and make a difference. I think it is safe to say that our divine plan probably includes some form of service to other souls Mm. and to life itself. Well, that's a good point, Terry. Service to life is a broad field of opportunity, but it's a great place to begin seeking clues to that special purpose that only you can fulfill. And here's another clue. When we are not striving or working toward goals that lead us to our final destination, our soul is unhappy. Oh, yeah. And this unhappiness can show up as depression, sickness, boredom, even self-deception. Exactly. You know, so when the soul is serving life and aimed in the direction of God, she's happy. Mm-hmm. And as I say that, I realize that many people feel trapped in jobs and life circumstances that they feel they cannot escape. I think most of us have been there at some point or another in our lives. and Lives, plural. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Hundreds of thousands. 
And one sure way to, uh, to, to get us out of that trap is through prayer and especially with the help of dynamic decrees, vocalized prayers that harness the science and power of the spoken word to create real lasting change in our lives. And that's right. You know, we speak often on this program about the power of the spoken word, the power of ver- vocal prayers or decrees. When a decree is given from the heart with fire and purpose, there is almost nothing it cannot accomplish. This is very true. Uh, whenever you're at a loss to understand something or figure out what your next step needs to be, a decree can really cut through the uncertainty and provide the clarity that you need. Remember, the call compels the answer. As Jesus said, ask anything in my name and it shall be given thee. Which is a nice segue, once again, to one of our favorite subjects, <laughs> co-creation with God. Oh, yeah, there it is again. Well, you've heard us say many times that <clears throat> whatever we say, think, or do is animated by God's energy. There is a flow of energy we receive constantly from God. You know, Imagine a figure-eight flow from God's heart to ours, passing through our Holy Christ self as it makes its way to us. This flow is literally life. It mm-hmm. is God's infinite love manifest as energy. And we use it to create. If our creation is good, we make good karma. If our creation is not so good, we end up with bad karma. And all of the energy we have qualified improperly must be balanced and purified before it returns to God. Now, you might be wondering why we're talking about this aspect of life and how it connects to our divine blueprint in life purpose. Well, as we said earlier, the goal of each soul's journey in time and space is to permanently reunite with her higher self and I am presence in the ritual of the ascension. This is the integration of the three levels of consciousness we've alluded to, we have alluded to before. Our individual I am presence, our own personal Christ self, and our evolving soul wrapped inside our human manifestation. Now, in Western religion, we would say that when we've reached this level of integration, we've entered heaven. Mm-hmm. In Eastern terms, we will have attained liberation or parinirvana. Mm-hmm. According to Gnosticism, we will have reclaimed our soul and returned to our divine parents. Yeah, and these are just different ways of describing the soul state of consciousness once she has ascended back to the heart of God. And this process is intimately and completely tied to the divine plan of our soul. Which, once again, brings us back to who we are and why we're here. We are evolving souls who desire to return home. And a powerful way to accelerate this journey is to invoke spiritual light, including the violet flame. The violet flame is the color and frequency of spiritual light that stimulates the qualities of mercy, justice, freedom, and transmutation. It can be invoked to purify our four lower bodies, our mental, emotional, physical, and memory bodies, and consume negative thoughts and feelings. Which is powerful stuff. So, let's recap. Our soul is on a mission to return to the heart of God. One of the most important conditions of this return is the fulfillment of the soul's divine blueprint or divine plan. We got here through our free will, and that's the same way we will return, with the help, if we choose, of the science of the spoken word, particularly violet flame decrees. Specifically, our return depends upon our ability, with the indispensable help of the violet flame, to balance and transmute our negative karma. And what is karma exactly? You know, well, the old saying, what goes around comes around, pretty well sums it up. (laughs) Whatever you do comes full circle to your doorstep for resolution. The law of karma is actually inseparable from life on Earth. (laughs) Virtually everything we do is setting something in motion that is going to have ramifications. Oh, and that's exactly right. An idle word, a careless remark can affect someone for a day or a week. Or even longer. Or longer. (laughs) In fact, I'll bet that everyone who is listening to us today can remember a moment in their past when someone said or did something that to them that hurt and left a scar. Mm -hmm. Well, in truth, it left more than a scar. 
it left a karmic debt that will have to be repaid or balanced in one way or another. Which, again, is why we speak so passionately and often about the violet flame. The violet flame has the power to accelerate the cleansing, forgiving, and transmuting of this negative karma. Yeah, a word to the wise should be sufficient. <laughs> well, it should be. But just in case, you can count on us to use many words over and over again to get this point across. <laughs> Which we will gladly do. Yeah. You know, and speaking of karma, there are, of course, two kinds. We've been focusing on negative karma. But by our actions, we can also accumulate good karma. We can bring joy and comfort, learning, peace, and perhaps a nugget of truth that gives someone a burst of awareness. Well, there are also causes that we've set in motion by our free will, causes that will ripple on and affect others. Yeah. So again, we see that we are absolutely responsible for what we think, feel, say, and do, or don't do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's clear that what we're really talking about here is choice. Karma follows choice. Simple as that. And our lives clearly reflect the choices we've made. You know, and here's something to think about as you ponder your life's mission and your own personal karma. Every morning, a certain portion of our karma is laid at our doorstep. We are each allotted a measure of good karma based on the love, comfort, and enlightenment we have extended to life in the past. Likewise, a certain portion of our negative karma also arise, arrives for resolution. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Good karma can manifest as anything from a supportive circle of family and friends to genius, aptitudes, and talents. Our positive karma and momentums can launch us like a rocket ship on the pathway of our soul's mission. Negative karma, on the other hand, can manifest as anything from destructive habit patterns to disease, accidents, accidents, or difficult relationships. And when negative karma descends, we have a choice. Always. We can either follow or the tendency of our karma or in our past, or we can change it. With all the authority of our I am presence and Holy Christ cells, we can say, I am not the victim of my stars, my fate, or my karma. I am a new being. And this day I determine that I will be all love in action. If I hated my neighbor yesterday, I will love my neighbor today. This is my free will, and I choose to change my course for a victory in this life. Many of us have been brought up to believe that pleasure is good and pain is bad. <laughs> Experiencing the return of negative karma is sometimes painful, but pain can be a teacher, a purifier. Yeah, well, pain is necessary at our level of development. It teaches us to eliminate the causes of pain and to set in motion causes of bliss on the path of our union with God. In truth, balancing karma is a joyous path because we are paying our karmic debts fully and finally. Yeah, you know, karma is like the mortgage on our soul. <laughs> and we want to pay off our soul's mortgage as soon as possible so that we can own eternity free and clear. And in that note, that's all the time we've got for this segment. But please stay with us. When we return, we will hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, in which she sheds light on the nature of our being, the truth about our inner selves, and our soul's mission, and more. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? 
Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thank you all for staying with us. In the following interview entitled Awakening to Life's Purpose, Elizabeth Clare Prophet speaks of the truth that comes from within all of us, the truth that will set us free, plus an introduction to St. Germain, Hierarch of the Aquarian Age, and Chohan, or Lord of the Seventh Ray, the Violet Ray, also known as the Freedom Flame. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Just who is Elizabeth Clare Prophet? And what does she have to say to America? How do you respond to that one? Well, Doug, it's really wonderful to be able to talk to you and to a lot of wonderful people who are seeking the meaning of the inner life. I remember when Gautama Buddha first came on the scene, and he was such an extraordinary individual that they didn't ask him, Who are you? but they asked him, What are you? Are you a god? Are you a man? Are you human or divine? And he gave the simple answer to the question, I am awake. And I think that perhaps, rather than talking about who I am or where I came from, it's a state of consciousness that we're concerned with. And what I am is simply a devotee of God, And in the devotion that I have found for God, I have discovered that he has a great truth for his people on earth in this hour. And the truth comes within, from within all of us. It is the truth of the inner self and the law of being. And so I come as a devotee of God to share my devotions. And out of these devotions, I believe God has given to us a new science and a new religion whereby we can master ourselves and our age. I think everybody longs for this point of understanding, but I think most of us find it quite elusive. How is it that you've come to this understanding? I can remember wondering about God and his life and feeling that I knew him personally when I was a little child, the age of two and three. My first recollections are of my meditations upon God. I feel that all children have that inner contact and that the more we are in this world, the more we lose that contact. But somehow I remembered as I was growing up that the most important thing in life for me 
was to find God and do a work for him that somehow I knew before I was born I had come to do. And you know, it's a, a very interesting in Maurice Maeterlinck's story of the bluebird. He has a place there where the children who are on this quest to find the bluebird, uh, they come to a place where little children are waiting to be born. And it is in a blue temple and there are Masterful beings there directing the children and father time comes as they are about to be born and they take their leave on a ship and one hears the voices of the expectant mothers singing for the arrival of their children. And upon interviewing these little children, Tiltle and Mittel find that the little children are all going forth with a mission and they have a commitment and something that they have to do, and they are not allowed to be born unless they have something very special to do in that life. And so they begin to tell the children what they're going to do. One will become a scientist, one will become the ruler of worlds, another will have remedies for sicknesses, another will come and have smallpox and scarlet fever and then pass on. And so I think that it is not simply myself, but my soul representing the souls of all of us, that I have a recollection that I came with a mission, and I call that mission the divine plan or the inner blueprint. I have discovered that what is true of myself is true of everyone. And the most important thing, I think, to realize is that I am not an exception, but rather the rule and the understanding that Anything that I discover is a gift of God for everyone else. And the first thing I think that heals the longing of the soul to find God is the recognition that we were born with a cosmic purpose and a very specific divine plan and that these masterful beings are the Lord's hosts or the ascended masters who sponsor us and that we are never quite content until we have discovered the mission and the meaning. And this is the inner perspective that I would like to convey today and as we proceed with these broadcasts. That first and foremost, the individual must make contact with the inner self. And in finding that self and that reality, discover why was I born? Why am I here? And what am I going to do about this commitment that I have made to life and to other parts of life on earth? Is there anything in your experience that is unique, that gives you this special insight that most of us don't have? Uh, could you tell us about that? Well, I have very deep respect for, for many people who find with a great intensity a certain calling or they have a particular genius or a dedication. It doesn't matter if it is science or art or the business world or law or being a mother or being a father or a great singer or a pianist. It is the same flame, the same inner dedication of a soul who has found, if not the entire peace, a portion of the peace of his life. And so I do believe that, that I made a commitment to give to the world a synthesis of the teachings of the world's great religious leaders and to provide the children of God with a way out in this hour of transition from the age of Pisces, 
dominated by the great figure, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the age of Aquarius, which we're now entering, which is dominated by a figure that is less known, and yet he is called Saint Germain, and he has figured on earth in many incarnations. We are in a period of transition. The emphasis is on freedom, freedom of the soul, and freedom of consciousness. We find great struggles for freedom being carried on in every nation on earth today. There is a suppression of human rights and that endowment of free will which is inalienable to the soul. And so in this age where we desire freedom, we have to learn the laws that govern freedom and the great disciplines of love that come to us as the Holy Spirit is released from within. You mentioned both Jesus and St. Germain, and that immediately raises a lot of questions for a lot of people. And I think probably the most important question is, what did Jesus and St. Germain have in common? Well, you might guess from my conversation that I do believe in reincarnation and that I see these great ones as sons of God, as we all are, his sons and daughters, but sons and daughters who have actually seen the challenge of life on earth to master the self, to master time and space, and to return to the inner reality, which is called God. Jesus is one who demonstrated by public example the nature of this mastery according to the way of the Piscean conqueror. He did return to what we call the white fire core of being and the ritual of the ascension at the conclusion of his life. This process of the ascension is really an acceleration of consciousness. It's an acceleration of vibration and of frequency, literally of the very atoms, cells, and the electrons that compose our being. Now, as we look at Jesus as the archetype of one who reunited with the light of the Christ, we must conclude that he was not the exception, but he was the rule. He was the example, and therefore, what one son of God can do, every son of God can do. This is the message of freedom in the Aquarian age, and it is the teaching of St. Germain. St. Germain was incarnated at the time of Jesus as the protector of Mary and Jesus. He was Joseph. We find that uh, many Catholics who have prayed to Joseph have received a great response. Later, Joseph incarnated as Francis Bacon, and prior to these incarnations, he was the prophet Samuel. We see then in the evolution of this soul one who was the archetype of father, one who was prophet as Samuel, and one who was a great author in Francis Bacon and a great statesman. We see his evolution then coming to the fore in the manifestation of the flame of freedom. The acceleration of his consciousness and his return to this white fire core took place at the conclusion of his life as Francis Bacon in about 1685. Following that, he was very present and very noticed in the courts of Europe, and there has been a work written about him on the Wonder Man of Europe. He warned kings and queens of coming calamity. He predicted the French Revolution. He attempted to stay the hand of the guillotine, 
and his desire was to form the United States of Europe. Failing at this, he turned his attention to the United States and sponsored the Constitution and a way of life for people who would come from every nation to pursue this flame of freedom that is the flame of the Aquarian Age. He figures then in our folklore as the Uncle Sam that we see on our signs. And that name comes down from his life as the Prophet Samuel. So really the Prophet Samuel in the person of St. Germain is the one who gives the American people the tremendous zest for freedom, a creative genius, a sense of alchemy or a constant self-evaluation and transformation. And above all, he sponsors science, technology, and the great uh, invention that has come forth in America for all peoples. So we see St. Germain as the master of the Aquarian age and the one who will teach us to find the Christ as the real self in this 2,000-year cycle. Thank you very much. Well, now up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. So please stay with us. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Yes, we are back, and joining us is Sidney Bennett to take our questions and answer them as only he can. Hi, <laughs> Sid. Gentlemen. Hi, Sid. You know, we're talking today about our divine blueprint or cosmic plan, which all revolves around the soul returning finally to the immortal heart of God. Does the soul start out immortal, or does it become immortal through some process? Well, the soul, in fact, does become immortal through a process. And to understand this, you know, let's just step back a minute from our very 
detailed days and lives <laughs> and what we're doing right today and tomorrow next week and look at a broader picture that God brings, a broader perspective. We were created in the heart of God. We were given free will. And the purpose of this was to evolve and to return to God, but not the same way we went out because we will gain a mastery and um, develop certain skills and attributes that God has given us that are part of a divine plan. So we bring something unique back to God. That's part of our mission. It's not just gaining mastery over the world and the tests and so forth we receive, but each one of us has a divine plan to bring forth a specific talent or gift to the universe. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it changes your look, how you look at life that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just born, you suffer, and you die. I think as Descartes said that. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. um, it's a little broader than that. And, and we have a purpose. And our purpose not only is a broad one over the eons, but it's a purpose in this life. It's a purpose of what we do this afternoon and tomorrow. And so because it all works together. And when we have this perspective, it really gives us a certain dignity and understanding yeah. That not only are we sons and daughters of God, but we have a purpose and a mission, not only to return to God, to bring our gift and offering of mastery or talent that we need to give to the world. Now, mm-hmm. is it um, uh, safe to say that we're possibly adding something to God? I mean, you know, God is continually evolving. God mm-hmm. is not static. Mm-hmm. I mean, because how could God be unchanging? He's unchanging in some ways, but in other ways, he's continually evolving himself. And so we are evolving, too. And so um, this gets a little difficult, perhaps, for our human consciousness to understand. But we do bring something additional to God, a mm-hmm. light, a blessing, uh, an aspect of God. And and so it is. it all works together. Yeah. So how long have we, uh, or our souls, I should say, been evolving on this planet? You know, that's one of the questions that um, <laughs> I'm almost afraid to answer. I know we were talking about that before the show started. Some of us have been around here a very, very long time, and much longer than we even think about far beyond recorded history. There's a history on this planet that doesn't go back tens of thousands of years. It goes back literally millions of years. And a much history that is obscured and hidden. But we've been around a long time. But I also want to add that not all souls are the same age. God didn't suddenly create all the souls of light at one time. Mm -hmm. He creates them at different times. And for instance, on planet Earth, there's been six different waves of light uh, of creations to come forth. We call them the root races. Mm -hmm. And there's a seventh one that's due in the age of Aquarius, and it's supposed to be in a starred embodiment now. It hasn't come because the planet is such dire straits that the, the powers that be in heaven have delayed their coming. But these are brand new souls that mm-hmm. have never been embodiment. Never They're been freshly created by God. Wow. So we all may be different ages. Wow. It's hard to say. Now, some of us are part of one of those life waves, you mean, so that there are some life waves that maybe have made their ascension? The, actually, the, the uh, first four life waves on the planet all made their ascension. This was before the, the fallen angels before the fall of man. And so even though they were in physical embodiment, it was a golden age on the mm-hmm. planet, and everyone still learned their lessons. You know, you don't have to do evil to understand evil, and, <laughs> and so forth. And so they all made their ascension. And unfortunately, what happened is when the fall of the fallen angels came, it took down all the light bearers, and we've had trouble ever since. And, you you know, I, we, we've all made reference to the fact of the earth not being the only place where souls have been evolving, you know, besides Earth, where else have our souls been? Well, you know, some souls, this is their first place they've been. Other souls have evolved on different worlds and systems. And we come to Earth either on a mission or for a purpose. Some may just come for one and two embodiments to learn something specific. And, uh, of course, we told the story before about Sana Kamara, the great being of light that came to Earth at one point when Earth was going to literally be destroyed because there was no light left on the planet. And with him came 
144,000, which is a number, obviously, in the book of Revelation. Yes. Right. And many of those souls came here with good intentions to help the planet, and they have helped the planet, but they've also made a lot of karma, and so they've gotten stuck here. And so mm. it's a very, you know, Earth is a crossroads of peoples and cultures, and from different evolutions. So that's what makes it such an extraordinary planet and such an important planet in the cosmic scheme of things. You know, you mentioned the 144,000, and a part of me wants to say that they came as part of their divine plan, but they might have actually, by volunteering, altered to some extent their divine plan. Well, you know, um, the divine plans can go in different directions. Uh, the souls that came with Sana Kamara did volunteer to come. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't. They said, we will not let you go to Earth alone. And Sana Kamara has told us through uh, the pearls of wisdom, the teachings he's given us, is that he knew what we were, the trouble we were going to get into, but we didn't. Um, and so <laughs> he is well. committed yeah. to finding us yeah. and to bringing us the truth and the teachings. If somebody out there listening, maybe one of that 144,000, this is not exclusive. There's many, many more light bearers on this planet, but they have a unique history, and so do other life waves on this planet. Yeah. Well, well talking about divine plans, are, are there techniques we can use to help us determine what our divine plan is? Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to say we all have a divine plan, but then you say, well, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, you know, you have a divine plan for your spiritual development. You also have a divine plan to balance your karma mm -hmm. because you can't achieve your spiritual um, oneness with God until your karma has been balanced to a mm -hmm. certain level. Mm -hmm. So each lifetime, each time you come into embodiment, you go before a, a board of karmic overseers. We call them the Great Karmic Board. You discuss what your mission is for this particular lifetime, what karma you need to address, what people you need to be with, how you're going to do it, and what you need to achieve. So... Um, uh, you know, everyone has a plan and a purpose. And then, of course, you have um, the global purpose of returning to God. And, again, that you, you gift that you might manifest throughout many different embodiments. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, in, in terms of our embodiments being um, perhaps limited by our ability to um, sustain positive light or energy and fulfill our divine plan, do we have a certain number of opportunities to get it get it right? And we've talked about this before. You mean in a specific embodiment or well, in general? No, in general. I mean, we've been around a long time. You mentioned earlier that perhaps millions of years. Obviously, we'd be given many opportunities to get it right. Uh, is there a point at which... There is a time when that's it. It, there's a reckoning. And for many of us, it is this time. Mm -hmm. And this is not something to be feared. It's something to be embraced because it's a great opportunity. But remember, souls have free will, and they can choose to defy God. Yeah. They can say, I don't want to return to God. I don't want to be part of God. I'm going to choose my own way. And God honors free will, as do the ascended masters. But there does come a point where we do have to make that choice finally. Are we going to serve God and reunite with him, or are we going to defy God and eventually lose our opportunity? Is there a simple call or a fiat we can make um, that will keep us on track? Well, I think it's 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 the set of the sail, so to speak. You know, I mean, prayer is crucial. You know, God, I don't know, maybe you don't know exactly what your divine plan is, but show me what it is, show me what I need to do. God, I want to return to you. I want to fulfill my divine plan and purpose. You know, it is a path. It's a path to be walked. There are tremendous teachings and, and things that can show us how to go on the path, how to understand what we're going through and what we need to do. And that's, of course, what the teachings of the Center Masters are all about. Yeah. Um, by the way, just going back real quick to a point, um, are some of us members of the fourth root race? In fact? Well, we are, and I think I may have misspoken there because actually it was the first three root races mm -hmm. that ascended yeah. the, from the fourth root race on that um, are still upon this planet. So we got the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth, and we've got the seventh waiting at the gates, so to speak, <laughs> to enter. Waiting and in the wings. <laughs> we got to clean up this planet because they need their opportunity sure. just as we've had ours. So, so we're kind of a mixture right now on the planet, the fourth, fifth, it's and sixth. It's a great mixture, and it's not, you know, and unfortunately there have been 
uh, life ways that have come in body on this planet that whose purpose is, is not to return to God, but is mm-hmm. actually to keep us away from doing that. And of course, we know the teachings of the fallen angels have taken physical embodiment yeah, in many right. cases. Right. Mm. Uh, is it possible that someone's divine blueprint might be too difficult to achieve? I mean, I think I know the answer to that, but but tell us, talk to us. About Absolutely that. not. Um, you know, God meets us where we are. So, in terms of our individual life lifetimes that we have that we're facing in our mission, it's not too great. It doesn't mean we are going to succeed. We have to work. We have to strive. We have to make the effort, and we have to overcome sometimes patterns or momentums from other lifetimes mm-hmm. um, to do it. But we have the opportunity, and God makes sure we have that opportunity. But we have to exercise that. We have to choose to do it because many people have been given the opportunity and have said, you know, it's too much trouble. It's too mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it. I'll do it in another embodiment. And I remember Edgar Casey saying, you know, after, after people leave their, leave their, leave embodiment, and he didn't call it the karmic border, but he said a group of spiritual overseers, and people are embarrassed when they get there after the embodiment because they promised to do so many things before they embodied, uh-huh. and they come back not having accomplished them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God is not a tyrant. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He doesn't expect everything to be done, you know, um, absolutely, you know. He knows we make mistakes and errors. But the assignment we've been given is something we can do and can accomplish if we desire to do it, if we will to do it, and we're willing to work at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, is is it possible that our divine plan might depend on someone else's participation to complete? You know, this is interesting, and it's it's, it's a very complex teaching. But there are group souls that come forth. Now, think of the group of souls that came forth at the time of the American Revolution. People said, how did all these wonderful, incredible people come together at the same time? Mm -hmm. They came together at the same time because they had a group mission. They had an individual mission, but they had a group one. And they needed every single one of them. I mean, just think, if George Washington had been aborted, what would have happened to the American Revolution? That's right. And so today what's happening, because of the abortion of so many souls, you've got partial groups that they that are trying to accomplish things, but they're missing some of their members because they couldn't get to an embodiment. And so it compromises the ability to fulfill that mission that the group had to do. And it's a great tragedy. Oh, golly. Now, could a group also include parents, family? Well, absolutely. I mean, clearly, you know, we have to have preparation for our mission, a teaching and understanding, and we do work together. And that's the beauty mm-hmm. of the divine plan for us all. It fits together. It's so It meshes together so perfectly. But everyone must play their part. But just because one person doesn't play their part doesn't mean you can't accomplish your goal. Or if a soul is missing through abortion, for example. Exactly. It's more difficult, but God has a way to do it. So we just can't say, well, what's the use? I don't have the souls I need. You know what? People have accomplished incredible things beyond their divine plan because they've taken the fire and determination of God and put it to work. Yeah, which which kind of makes me think if people are are contemplating suicide because maybe some of their their plan or their group isn't there with them, they really should reconsider what you have to well, say. Well, suicide is the greatest crime because what happens is when a person commits suicide, they immediately reembody and face exactly the same circumstance as they did before. Oh gosh! So you know it's not a way out, and it, it creates a pretty heavy negative karma. I tell yeah. you. Well, and I think another point is that abortion is aborting. The divine plan of a soul. Exactly. Yeah. What are the, I said, what are the conditions that each of us must meet to make our ascensions? Well, to make our ascension, first of all, we have to balance at least 51% of our karma. It used to be 100%, but by a special dispensation, now it's only 51. You balance the rest after you ascend. Mm -hmm. It makes it very doable. You have to balance the threefold flame in your heart and fulfill your divine plan. And that's kind of a simplification, but if you do Mm -hmm. those things, 
you've gone your way to heaven. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we've, we've got to take a break here, but please don't go away. When we return, we'll continue our discussion of Awakening to Life's Purpose with Sidney Bennett. You know, I realize I didn't really answer one of these questions. I started to, but I never got to it. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on Awakening to Life's Purpose. Now, before the last break, uh, we were talking at one point about what call or calls we can make to awaken us, to make us know, you know, what our divine plan is. And maybe as you answer that, you can tell us or remind us how powerful these decrees and calls truly are. Yes. And in understanding what we're trying to do in this embodiment, which obviously is to balance our karma, fulfill our divine plan, our service to life, the use of the science of the spoken word is so powerful because it does a couple of things that are essential to our clarity and understanding. First of all, it clears away the debris. Yep. You know, It's our karma we're carrying around us, whether it's a daily karma or a cumulative karma. It can clear that away. And, of course, you know, it's like in a fog. If you clear the fog away, you can see much better. Mm-hmm. So the use of the violet flame will do that. It will clean things up. You know, suddenly you can see through the window. You couldn't see before. It was so dirty, you couldn't see what, what you were supposed to do or where you were supposed to go. The glass right. darkly. Yeah, indeed. So yeah. that's the first step is to clean your aura up. The violet flame is the the universal uh, elixir to do that. Mm -hmm. The second thing is there are specific calls and prayers you can make for your divine plan. For instance, there's an an ascended master that's called the great divine director. We don't have a name beyond that. It's like an office, if you will, Mm -hmm. like the President of the United States. He is in charge of the divine plan for everyone. And in his causal body, or his rings of light around who he is, he has the divine plan for every soul evolving on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. So we have a prayer and decree where we invoke his presence and to show us 
what that divine plan is. You know, and if some of you were raised Catholics, you know, you did know Venus, mm-hmm. which is over a period of time, you give the same decree. And the great divine director has taught us you can do that. So the doors can open up to you because sometimes it's not always clear the direction is supposed to go. And there are forces in other people's human conscience that may keep you from your mission or your divine plan. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. So we need to have clarity, and we can do that through the use of the violet flame. We need protection by calls to Archangel Michael and specific degrees and prayers to, to get that that. that Put in the right way. And, yeah. and, and again, uh, these decrees, they really do cut through. They do. Mm-hmm. They focus energy. In other words, prayers are wonderful. I pray all the time. I talk to God all the time. But I take that prayer and that insight, uh, the thoughts, and I get my prayers, and I bring them using the science of the spoken word, which, again, is taking the energy of God, coming through your heart, coming through your throat chakra, and qualifying it literally with scientific formulas from the Ascended Masters to help focus energy on what you want. In other words, you know, if you want to get a go, if you need surgery, don't go to a plumber, you know. And, um, although I used to go to barbers, I guess. But Unless anyway, he's really good. That didn't work out well. So in other words, you want to go, okay, well, who is, who works with healing? Who works with divine plan? I mean, you want to get the best help you can. And it's available, but we have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And these tools, for many of us that, you know, maybe aren't that advanced in some ways, they help to bring forth greater answers and greater light than we would to just on our own. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe in simple terms the truth of our inner being that Mrs. Prophet referred to in her interview? That's an easy question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a softball. There's a, a big one. Just don't forget. <laughs> you know, we're bombarded 24 hours a day in this culture mm-hmm. by advertising thoughts, people's opinions, I mean, on the TV and everything. In churches, don't forget, you were number one, you were created by God. You are not evolved pond scum. Mm-hmm. You were created by God, and God is in you. You were created in his image. We have sinned, but we're not sinners by nature. You know, this original sin is a lie. Oh, it yeah. just is. You know, so we can walk in dignity that God is in us. We've made mistakes. He has given us the opportunity to balance those mistakes, balance our karma, and move forward and return to him. It gives a soul a dignity mm-hmm. and a yeah. purpose that the world has been trying to strip from us. And we can walk with our head high, knowing, yes, we've made mistakes. Yes, we've done things wrong. But God is in us, and we have a divine plan to fulfill and a purpose in our life. It's not just running around trying to pay bills and run the kids to school and to the doctor's office and everything else. There is something beyond that. If we will take the time to look for it and experience it, it will come to us. doesn't mean we don't take the kids to the doctor anymore right, exactly. or go to work the next day. On a, on a way back to God. And if God wants to put you in a different circumstance situation, he will if we trust him and let him lead us. So we're not trapped. We're not locked into our karmic situation. God has given us the ability to break through, if you will, to break the bonds of that karma and to go forward. So no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, there is opportunity to start today. And sometimes those that have made the biggest mistakes are those souls that can make the most progress yeah. because they have such a fire and determination to move forward. And we can't judge another's path. No. I mean, whatever it is we see is it's our human consciousness. That's the filter that we have. Exactly. Yeah. So let's all join together and, and help each other get there. Well, yeah. and, and, and the other thing we've said many times before is that what we know to be a fact is the will of God is good, right. always good. So what may be perceived in human terms as maybe not good that's not how the will of God truly is experienced. You know, I love the, the quote from the Bible. You know, uh, Jesus learned his obedience, learned obedience through suffering. Yeah, now, that's an incredible statement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're not going to be. You know, God will teach us hard lessons, but they have a purpose to them. In other words, it's not just being 
bouncing from here and fro, to and fro on the energies of life and so forth. You know, there'll be hard times for the, the saints and those on the path, but there'll be a purpose to it. There'll be a reason for it, to teach us something, to give us understanding. We have to hold on. We're going through those tough times. And no, it's not a mistake. It's not an error. It's something we need to get through, and we can do it. God has given us the tools and the help, and if we will invoke that help and take the stand we need to stand for our own soul's freedom and other soul's freedom, we can get through it. Right. Indeed. You know, um, Terry, in this question a moment ago, referenced the, the, the truth of our inner being. And if we had, again, this, this may be a bit academic, but if we had to isolate one aspect of our reality above all others, you know, what would it be? And by the way, I, I know they're all important, but there is one thing, one essential starting point, you know, what would it be? Our individual I am presence, our holy Christ self, the threefold flame. I think the reality of God in us. Realize that there is God in you. And that you have a soul, and they are meant to be one. Mm-hmm. And that is what we're all about. And our souls, many oftentimes, are in pain because they've been blocked over, they've been overshadowed, they've been ignored. You can also think of your soul as your inner child that needed to be nurtured and loved and cared for. And to be tender with your soul and not hard on yourself. Be gentle with yourself and firm in your determination. And realize that this is where we're going, that God loves us, he's not a tyrant, and we have some hard lessons to learn perhaps, but we can get there. And we have the support of the Ascended Masters. And one thing I love about community and those that have this understanding is we can also help each other. We don't pass each other's tests, (laughs) but we can (laughs) help each other and just have an understanding and perspective. May you pass all my tests. (laughs) (laughs) In our uh, preceding interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, she had a lot to say about St. Germain. Oh, yeah. Hierarch of the Aquarian Age and Lord of the Seventh Ray, the Violet Flame. So who is St. Germain, and why should we make the effort to get to know him? Well, who is this guy? Yeah. Talk about him. Amazing. You know, I remember my father used to say that a hundred souls have caused the all-progress in Western civilization, and he wasn't even speaking of reincarnation. What we don't know is that a hundred probably as many of the same people over and over again. <laughs> right. And oh, St. Yeah. Germain is one of those souls. Yeah. He has been a tremendously uh, uh, gifted and a, t- a lot of attainment that has guided this planet for thousands of years. Of course, he was the father of Jesus, worthy to be that. He was the prophet Samuel. Um, he was Merlin the magician. He was Francis Bacon, who, by the way, wrote the Shakespearean plays. Mm-hmm. But he carries the flame of freedom, and he's a sponsor of America. He's our Uncle Sam, and he loves us dearly. And he wants us to use the violet flame, which he knows is the solution not only to America's problem and Europe's problem and the world's problems, but our individual challenges. You, we can change this planet. He has brought us the gift of the violet flame. He gained a dispensation for that. You know, nothing's free in heaven. He had to put up collateral to get, bring the violet flame to this planet because it could be misused. Yeah. And he will pay the price of his misuse. But it's given us opportunity. And he, if there's, I think if there's anything he wants us to understand, it's the use of the violet flame is for the freedom of this planet, for every soul upon this planet, and to clear all debris that blocks not only our divine plan, but our joy and happiness oh, as well. Amen. It is incredible what <laughs> yeah. we do. Yeah. Amen. Well, well said. Thank you. <laughs> well, before we go, we should point out to our listeners that much of what we are talking about today can be found in The Story of Your Soul by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Well, you know, that's right. If you look at our Open Door homepage where you went to access this program, you'll see a banner at the top offering you a free download of this remarkable little book. It is our gift to you for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Yep, and now, I guess, we're already done with our hour. Amazing. <laughs> I know, I know. And we want to thank you, folks, for joining us today. Oh, my gosh. We hope you find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Simply send them to us at webradio at dsl.org. 
That's webradio at tsl.org. Please be sure to join us again. Yeah, and, you know, thank you, Sid, also for being here. As, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. And uh, maybe before we sign off, if you have a little call or fiat you'd like sure. to share with us. We pray to Almighty God to show each one of us what is our divine plan fulfilled and how we may achieve it. And don't let us sleep and not be awake for whatever the purpose of our life is. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And remember, everyone, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. world. Have a blessed and victorious weekend, everyone, and week. Yes. Yes, whole week. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.